Hi, my name is Anna. My weirdest fear is seahorses. When I went to an aquarium and I uh, happened to pass by an exhibit of seahorses, I recall how I froze visually. It affected my eyes. I had to close them. My body started cringing. I literally ran away from the exhibit. And then subsequently from then on, it actually just got worse in the sense that I didn't have to see seahorses swimming but just the mere picture of them, whether it was in a party or just decoration in a store, I would literally leave the store. I don't know if I'm alone in the world about this. I don't think it'll go away. Even as I'm describing it, my body is tense. Welcome to your weirdest fears. I'm your host, Larry Mullins. And today our fear is seahorses. That was Anna, who is afraid of seahorses. Some people find them cute, but oh no, not Anna. Those pint-sized creatures might seem harmless, but there's actually a lot more to them than meets the eye. They've been dubbed the assassins of the sea. That's pretty scary. Apparently, they're ruthless when they're out hunting for prey. Listen to this. A great white shark has a successful kill rate of 48%. Seahorses, would you believe they have a kill rate of 90%? Yes, 90%. And apparently that odd little head is part of why they're so dangerous, so maybe Anna is on to something. To learn more about these predators of the sea and whether or not we need to worry about being attacked by a school of seahorses, let's meet Dr. Lucy Woodall. She's a marine biologist and an associate professor at the University of Exeter. Also, she works for a foundation called Project Seahorse. Dr. Woodall, sounds like Anna should be afraid of sea slayers. I mean seahorses. Can a seahorse attack us in the sea? Well, fortunately, we're a bit big for seahorses to attack us. So good news is we can continue to swim and look out for these amazing fish. So they're not going to nibble away at our ankles or anything. These are little teeny small creatures, are they not? They are, yeah. So seahorses can reach any sort of size, maximum of about four or five inches, but they can be down to just one inch. So if seahorses grew maybe 50 times, then we would have to be worried. But right now, we're all good. <laughs> so in your research, have you ever come across a reason to think that they are dangerous? Why Anna would feel that way? I think for me, I've seen seahorses in all sorts of different places. And of course, I'm a seahorse researcher. I find them very intriguing, but I do completely understand why people might be scared of them. But our size, we're totally okay. No problems with seahorses and humans. In fact, we as humans are impacting seahorses more than seahorses could hurt us. How so? Well, seahorses live in many of our different marine environments, but particularly in some of our estuary areas, which is where humans and sea life often come into contact. So seahorses are impacted by the things we do around our coastlines, through maybe some of our pollution and some of the water quality, but also direct things that happen to our oceans, like some fisheries. A lot of seahorses are caught as bycatch because they have their little funny prehensile tails and they hang on to things. So as humans, we're really impacting seahorses. And these animals, these creatures don't have bellies, as I understand? Well, they kind of have a belly-like structure, but they don't have stomachs. Because they don't have a stomach, it's not like us and we can be like, oh, thank you very much. Just had a big meal and I'll sit here and digest it for a while. 
So us really thinking about seahorses sitting there and always looking for prey, the way that their digestive system is, is really indicative to that need of them keeping catching food. Hmm, sounds like my grandson TJ just constantly eating and eating and eating. That's another story for another time. So <laughs> getting back to Anna, is there some phobia connected with being afraid of seahorses that you know of in your research? Well, not that I know of. I was just trying to think before we were chatting today about what that might be called. I guess my Latin's not good enough to be able to assign that an actual name. And so as to the question that's on the table, what is it about seahorses that make them ruthless predators? How do they eat? Seahorses have a really fascinating feeding mechanism. They open their snouts and as they open their snouts, they almost like suction in their prey. So this means that their mouths or their snouts open up to much larger than they start. And it's that way that they're able to get in the food that they need. Seahorses, because they don't have a stomach and because their feeding mechanism is really energy intensive, they have to eat big things in comparison to their size. But we still remember only looking at very small things, but they're big in comparison with seahorse mouths. And they have to do this. Otherwise, it takes more energy for them to eat than it does that they get in through eating. First of all, that description is very nasty. And <laughs> second of all, you just scared the heck out of me. Now I'm afraid of seahorses. If that's how they eat, I don't want to get sucked into the mouth of a potbelly seahorse. But I digress. <laughs> so if seahorses aren't threats, are there any unknown tiny creatures about that size that people should be afraid of in the water? So I think the things that I scout around for if I'm in the ocean are jellyfish and any other types of jellies because they're the things that we might not see them straight away but their long tentacles might damage us so those are the things that i think about that are often about that size of course jellies can get a lot bigger than that and then on the seafloor we can think about some fish because there are some fish of about seafloor size or a bit bigger that can be detrimental things like stonefish and other scorpion fish so again, just things for us to be aware of before we start touching things. Let's understand what's out there because okay. <laughs> we sort of know everything. And I guess that's what I find intriguing about the ocean is that there are so many questions still. What can you, as we wrap up, share with our friend Anna about getting over her fear? I think the most important thing for us is that there's lots we don't know about the ocean, but certainly seahorses, they're so small, they're never going to be worrisome to us humans. In fact, they're a really great indicator of great ocean health. And I would say that around our coastlines, if we've ever been snorkeling or swimming in the sea, and many of us have, seahorses might have seen us, even if we haven't seen them. So let's provide seahorses with that opportunity of being able to live in their places without us scaring them because really we don't have much to be scared about. So we don't have to worry about going to the beach and being chased around the surf by a potbelly seahorse. No, but hey, if you ever get those pictures, please send them. Dr. Lucy Woodall, thank you so much for joining us. It's been enlightening and thanks so much to you, our listeners, for tuning into your weirdest fears. Thanks to Dr. Woodall for educating us. If you want to connect with her, by the way, we will have her link in the episode description. I want to know your fears now, so share them and you could be featured in our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review and subscribe to our podcast 
You can find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. Your Weirdest Fears is a production of 1010 Wins and WCBS News Radio 880. Special thanks to producers Jill Webb and Dempsey Pilot. Andy Egan Thorpe is our audio engineer. Femi Redwood is the managing producer of podcasts. And I'm your host, Larry Mullins. Thanks for listening. <laughs>